you know, there is no set blueprint to roll this out. I mean, we have blueprints that have worked and we'll, we'll share those blueprints with, with districts, but every district is so unique in its initiatives and their timelines and how do you fit everything into it? You know, we're going to help you along the way. We'll help you get there and we'll get, we'll provide you with services and, 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 and templates to help you get there. But man, it's different. Every school. And and so, and I mean, and this, this has probably even less to do with the technology aspect than just how we think about schools. Um, and I'm actually, I'm going to use the principal at my school for, for an example of this. Uh, he's a great guy. It's the best principal I've ever worked for. Um, he was a teacher briefly. He always knew he wanted to be in administration. So he only taught for a few years, assistant principal to principal to principal, another school. And then he, he was actually at one point on a career path. He and I talked about this one day in his office. His plan was to be the superintendent for the public schools in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Like he wanted to be the guy at the top. And while I generally don't trust when somebody reveals that kind of ambition, I know him well enough. Like I actually, he's one of a small handful of people I might actually trust doing that. Um, but he, he was essentially the point of being, I think he was the, I forget the name of it. It was basically the head of high school instruction. He was like the principal for the high school principals yeah. sort of in line potentially to become superintendent. And then he stepped down and he's now the principal of the school again. And his, his, his description of how that went was a little bit looking at his age and where he was and what he really wanted to do with his time. He has kids and all this, but he also said that he feels like he has the greatest impact on education when he's working with students. And he yeah. said, the thing was the, the, the further I'm removed from students, the less impact I feel like I'm having. And he goes, I might actually be having a ton of impact, but I can't see it. And I don't know if it's working until much later on. And it's very sort of difficult. So he sort of made that move up and then back down for that reason. I, understand the need for some commonization, you know, that, that there are bad teachers. Like we always say, Oh, there's no bad teacher. They just got, no, they're like, they're literally yeah. bad teachers. We've there's all had those. Reps. You know? There's yeah. Bad there's, there's bad, everything. Right. There's bad, you know? And so when we have this conversation, people pretend like, well, they're not bad teachers. They just need help. And it's like, yeah, maybe, yeah, but some, maybe. some just suck, you know, okay. That's, okay. it happens. <laughs> and so in trying to control, say, in an LMS, the way we structure a class and tie it to, to our initiatives and our goals, that's a good thing. But it also creates some standardization, which means yes. we're removing power at least around the edges. And in some places, you could probably do this a lot. You're going to move the decisions about a class away from that classroom, right? And so what you just said, though, is interesting because you said every school division is different. Everyone. Right? And so that means that in theory, there are some that are doing it really well and some that are doing it really poorly, but every one of the superintendents and the upper administrators in those places, they, they are trying to hold on the ability to make those decisions in the same way the classroom teacher is. So like what would stop it from going from a division level decision to a state level decision? Like, I mean, yeah. who should be decided? Obviously as a classroom teacher, I can't right. adopt but, an expensive software, but totally. who should make these calls? I, I get you. Right. Everyone needs to be involved in a decision like this, right? From, you know what I don't see enough of? I don't see students in evaluations in these considerations. Like students are going to be the ones actually using this tool. How do they not have a voice or, yeah. or, or an opinion? They should it's be the first not, people testing it out. Yeah. It, for real. Like it's wild to me how students are not involved in evaluations. They are probably involved 20% of the time. And yeah. that is such a miss on the approach to evaluating. So to answer your question, you know, you have to bring in stakeholders that are part of the district that are going to be using this tool. And that includes principals, guidance counselors, teachers. So 
there are so many terms from like for like an ed tech coach, but like a TOSA, teacher on special assignment, uh, instructional coach, ed tech coach. Like there's a ton of terms. Right. But the but the people at your district that um, translate the tool to the application in the classroom for teachers, right? They are essential. They're the, they're the interpreters of tech t- to instruction that are essential. They need right. to be involved in the evaluation. The director of curriculum, the superintendent, I mean, everyone has to be involved in an LMS. It shouldn't be only top down and it shouldn't only be top up or bottom up. It, it yeah. really has to be a collaborative effort. Um, and, and when I go back to how every district does it different, the one common denominator that allows districts to do it successfully is to clearly communicate the why behind the move to even start to evaluate. Yeah. Like what's and the goal? Why are we doing this? The yeah. Why you got to start with the why and you have to have a well, uh, you have to have a well organized and laid out timeline for everyone. So nothing is coming at, you know, out of nowhere. Oh, you didn't tell me this. Communication time and, and, and just managing expectations because you could have a, you could have a system where on one side it's completely built, it's completely structured. And I understand maybe the teaching community might push back on that and say, well, you're taking the control away from me in, in my course. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're just doing that initially just so that everyone can, we can have like consistently across the board in the beginning, and then we'll loosen the reins. Or you could have a completely open collaborate, like completely, hey, you can do whatever you want, complete teacher agency, right, right, in the beginning. That's not what's going to determine if it's successful or not. The pendulum of control and no control. Right. It's the communication, the plan, how it's executed, how it's delivered, and how it's organized, and who was involved with organizing. No one wants to be told what to do. They want to be part of the process of, you know, helping others understand the why behind it. So that's, that's good. You know, and you point out like it's, it's a great irony of student voice and choice that we're going to implement software and tools to increase student voice and choice, but not allow them a a voice in the conversation of what tool, like that, that, that should just, that should just be like the first thing. Like I, you know, obviously your job is to provide this service. And so you don't want to get you don't want to get pushy in too many of these meetings, but I feel like if I was in your job, one of the first thing I'd, I'd walk into a room and be like, there's no students here. We can't have this meeting. Like, I don't, <laughs> cause, I, cause, cause you're lying about that voice and choice thing. If they're not here, like that's, that's a hard thing to think about. That's, you, that's you, really surprising. You, you do have evaluations where after a meeting or two, like they have instilled a lot of trust in, okay, this person is really here to help me. They're here to you know partner with me. It's not just um, a service or a product they're selling and they're schlepping around. Like, you know, I've had the opportunity to do this for five and a half years and, and I really do enjoy every minute of it. I'm not out for the, you know, for the sale. It's really helping districts understand blended learning and remote learning. And, you know, sometimes when I get the opportunity to say, you're not doing it, you're not going about it right. Like, yeah. here's why, you know, students aren't involved. Now, I can't say that with every evaluating district, you know, right, right. But the opportunity, I, I do try it because it's, it's a shame not to see them get that, that voice in there. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's really, I never even really thought about it. Like, it seems so obvious, but as a person who's also not invited to that meeting myself, you know, I, I, I never get to assess the quality of that meeting. You know, I'm not a guy who's there in the first place, but yeah, if, if the point is to create tools for the students uh, or to give them more flexibility or choice in how this work's going to be done, you know, yeah. might want to give them a, a, a sneak preview or something in there. 